بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد المبارك وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده أما بعد This is supposedly the night of Isra al-Mi'raj where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his physical body from the masjid in Makkah al-masjid al-haram all the way to Bayt al-Maqdis which is called Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa the furthest masjid in a night journey and then from there the second leg of the journey is where the Prophet ascended to the heavens going through all seven heavens seeing the Kursi and the Arsh and beyond and then finally being with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whatever Allah revealed to him he revealed to him وَأَوْحَى إِلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ مَا أَوْحَى that Allah revealed to the Prophet whatever he revealed meaning there was a conversation and there was immense knowledge transferred directly from Allah to the Prophet and the Prophet brought back the gift of Salat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet Salat for the Ummah which shows us not just the importance but the honor that this is a divine gift Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to us through the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. if you look at the ahkam the commandments in the Quran you will see that those commandments came through Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam in the Quran so Jibreel would bring the Quran and then the Quran would tell us that we must do this and we must do that as a command as a hukum but with Salat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his own Rasul to deliver the command of Salat to show the honor and the sharaf and the merit and the virtue of receiving this gift so we as Muslims must see the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as divine gifts not as responsibilities or chores or a burden the Quran says 
about salat the quran says wa innaha lakabira that this order of salat for the banu israel is a huge thing is like a mountain lakabira so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using their example to show us that we must not see any of allah's commandments as a burden as a responsibility as a chore we must see allah's commandments as gifts from allah and especially salat where allah gave the prophet sallallahu alaihi in his presence the gift of salat and told him to deliver this gift personally the other hakam they came through jibril this one came through the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam directly that i am bringing to you this gift that allah has given me in my conversations which i had which we're not privy to whatever he revealed he revealed but one of the things he did reveal was that salat <clears throat> and it is this salat that makes or breaks a muslim it is this salat about which the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said as-salatu imaduddin the salat is the pillar of deen it is the pillar of islam faman aqamaha faqad aqama ad-deen whoever establishes it has established deen ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين ان هو ايفر ليتس فول ذن هي هاز روينت هيز دين اند اول ذا اذا حديث ذا سبيك اباوت ذا فيرتيو ذا ميريت ذا اونر ذا فضيله ذا شرف ان صلاه ذات از مسلمز ناو وان تو ديسكاس ذا نايت اوف اسراء والمعراج وي ماست ميك شور وي receive the fruit from that discussion the islam is not just for discussion islam is a highway islam is a path and you have seminars and lectures and articles and you have people intellectualizing islam philosophizing about islam and spiritualizing about islam but islam must be seen as a gift from Allah that needs to be implemented if you sit down and you talk about mashallah a rolls royce or a porsche and you describe all the merits of these wonderful luxurious cars and the only thing you do is look at the pictures look at the specs look at the details and then when a rolls royce or porsche is there in front of you you don't get inside that is the plight of the ummah we'll discuss islam but we may not follow islam so islam as this divine gift is a gift you must see it as a rolls royce as a porsche as a lamborghini we can sit and discuss isra and miraj all night 
But if the fruit of that discussion is not Salat, then that is a futile discussion. It is a worthless discussion, as worthless as this person who looks at the photographs of the car, understands the specs, and knows how it works, and knows how much it costs, and looks into the design interior and exterior, but he refuses to sit in the car and drive it. We should not be that way. So when we appreciate that the ahkam, the commandments from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are divine gifts, and this gift of salat was hand-delivered by the Prophet to us directly, then we see the immense honor and merit in offering salat on time. Five times a day. That now we are able to communicate with Allah through Salat the way the Prophet ﷺ communicated with Him. And this communication is very evident and it is obvious from the Quran Sunnah that in Salat we have a communication with Allah. People like to say that there's no priesthood in Islam and you don't need an intermediary in Islam and you worship God directly. That statement is correct. The problem is there's no worship. It's a statement that somewhere as a slogan. There's no priesthood. So you put it in books, in your political rallies, you say this. And in your discussions over dinner and your fundraiser, you say this. But the point is, there's no ibadah. There's no worship. So the Prophet ﷺ, knowing that the ummah will go the way of the Banu Israel and Ahl Kitab, he predicted this, that you will follow those who came before you, footstep for footstep, so much so that if they went or behind the rabbit into a hole, you will also go behind the rabbit into the hole. <coughs> he predicts this. Because this is the fate of a religious community that does not take religion as a fruit, as something to consume and eat. Right? If you say that here in, in the US you have everything available but you don't avail what's available, then what's the point? So the Sahaba asked, Ya Rasulullah, do you mean the Jews and Christians? The Prophet said, then who? Meaning, who else will you follow except the Jews and Christians in your methodology towards understanding religion and adapting religion? That religion simply is not for discussion alone. It's not for lectures and seminars and books. They are necessary, definitely, for the preservation of deen. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, we have an institution called Dar Qasim, and this is what we do. We study, we discuss, we write, we have seminars and lectures. But that is not the ultimate purpose and objective. The ultimate purpose and objective is to taste the fruit that is Islam. 
So the Prophet said that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a hadith of Qudsi describing Salat describing Salat that what happens in Salat now these are the words of the Prophet conveying what Allah says to him in this hadith so we must be extremely careful that we don't overlook the message here the Prophet ﷺ. that in Salat when my servant says Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen meaning Surah Fatiha when we say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen the Prophet ﷺ said Allah says Hamidani Abdi my servant has praised me. So what, what is this? This is a dialogue. This hadith proves that in Salat, you're in communication with Allah. When you say Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Allah responds. Allah reciprocates. Allah answers. So this is a dialogue which is live. It's not just in the books, it's a live dialogue, a live communication with our Maker. This is what makes Salat Mi'raj al Mu'min. The Mi'raj of a believer that you're in communication with Allah. If only the servant is to witness this, that is known as Ihsan. Wa'idha qala al Abdu al Rahman al Rahim. Maliki Yawiddin Qala Allah Majjadani Rabbi That when the servant says Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim And Maliki Yawiddin Allah says My servant has glorified me He responds That's called a conversation Right? Two-way traffic Communication A dialogue Is not a monologue That the servant is saying something Allah doesn't hear Allah doesn't respond This is I said Alive interaction if only the servant concentrates and believes this hadith to be the absolute truth and starts to witness the conversation but you can't go there until you know how to eat the fruit how to develop the ability to witness this and it doesn't come overnight it comes through training it comes through orientation. It comes through exercises. That everybody must believe they need to improve their salat on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Then we will be the ummah that appreciates the night of Isra and Miraj. Only then. But before that, it will be just something that people say. It will be like the guy who talks about the Rolls Royce but never bothers to sit in it even though he has a key to it so this dialogue that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about Surah Fatiha then the Prophet went through each ayah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to each ayah in Surah Fatiha this is how close we are to Allah in our Salat this is the closest we can be to Allah. 
So yes, we don't need a mediator, we don't need a priest. But never mind the mediator, priest, at least you should be in dialogue with Allah. You should be there, thinking about this. You should be there, trying to listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying when you repeat His word, and when you recite His word, and when you're in communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But as I said, it has to be developed. You have to go through a system where you can do this and focus on this. It does not happen overnight. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned this to the Sahaba and they developed this ability to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Ihsan, which is the purpose of Salat. So the purpose of Isra and Mi'raj is Salat. And the purpose of Salat is to witness Allah, is to observe Allah, is to feel His presence. That is the purpose of our Salat. And if Muslims do this five times a day, why would they turn to anyone else besides Allah? It's because our Salat is not intact. And it's because our Salat is not dedicated to Allah. That we have issues with people besides Allah. And things besides Allah. Otherwise for the Sahaba, two rakats of Salat would resolve their issues. Two rakats of Nahl Salat would resolve their worldly issues. Either physically or psychologically. That they will be in, in touch with and they will be synchronized with the will of Allah because they have this gift. So the Sahaba, when they heard the Prophet say that Allah wants you to offer five times salat a day, how did they react? Did they know it was a burden? Well, how are you going to do five times salat a day? I have work to do. The myth that the Sahaba were not busy people needs to be stricken from our minds. We just assume that since there was nothing there, except there was nothing there for them to do. That is a myth. They were busy with their world. Everybody's busy with their world. So he wasn't saying that they weren't busy and they had nothing else to do, which is obviously an insult against humanity in general, and especially against the Sahaba, who were not lethargic and who were not lazy. They rejoiced. They said, Subhanallah, now we have a means by which we can communicate with Allah. This is what they said. And that's what they did. So wherever they went, they were engaged in Salat. Either in the first Salat during the day and in the evening. But more than that, in their Nawafil. They were ever engaged in Salat as the Quran describes that the Torah and the Injil describe the Sahaba. Simahum fi wujuhihim min sujood tarahum ruk'an You'll see them in ruku, and you'll see them in sujood, and you'll see the effects of their sujood on their faces. This is a description of the Sahaba in the Torah and in the Injil before the Quran was revealed. And Allah narrates that description in the Quran so that we may appreciate that the Muslim community is built on the back of Salat. 
If we do this, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide us and He will give us nur and barakah and ajr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, guide us to do what is the best in this world and also in the world hereafter. Amin ya rabbal
الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا كما امره اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له لمن جحد به وكفر واشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبد رسوله سيد الخلائق والبشر اما بعد فيا ايها الناس ان الله امركم بامر بدا فيه بنفسه وثنى بملائكته المسبحه لقدسه وثلت بكم ايها المؤمنون من بريه جنه وانسه فقال تعالى في شأن حبيبه تشريفا وتعظيما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما الله صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والباغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون